The following is a production of SAK Digital Ventures. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, a place where you can sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and talk about Chicago sports. Now, here's your host, Steve Cass. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, episode 17. This is your best place for cigars and Chicago sports. Let me set the scene. We're at the place. We're sitting in the back. I am smoking a K by Karen Toro, Connecticut. Really um, enjoy this cigar a lot. And we are at the place. 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove. That is the location of the Cigars and Sports Chicago studios. All right, so you can follow us on Twitter at Cigars and Sports, and please do that. And you can get this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. But of course, you know that because you're listening. So let's bring in Phil. Phil, how you doing? What's going on? What are you smoking? Uh, give us the Phil Sullivan update. Steve, doing great. Doing great. Good week. Had some nice weather this week. Got Everybody got a little outside, getting ready for a little uh, spring baseball. Hopefully it'll get started up, but the weather certainly was nice. Uh, tonight I'm enjoying a uh, Padron 5000 Natural that happened to be lent to me by my good friend Johnny B. Maybe that word lent shouldn't be used because I have zero intention of giving it back. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Zero intention of it going back to him. But nice smoke, thought I'd give it a try. And other than that, all good. Steve, what's going on with you this week? You know, just smoked a cigar out on the patio. And, uh, you know, now I'm just looking forward to talking to you and talking about some sports. And what are we going to talk about tonight? Well... We're going to talk about some March Madness, obviously. We'll get into that. And also, we're going to bring in our very special guest and old friend, Trey Mack, who's going to talk a little bit of cigars, and he will also contribute on some March Madness. By the way, fun fact, uh, Trey Mack is a Kansas Jayhawk, and I will be uh, seeing them on Friday night. We are then going to talk a bit about all of the quarterback changes in the NFL. I find it to be incredibly fascinating. So we're going to run through that, get your guys' takes on that. And then we will um, have a few minutes at the end where we will talk about the hopefully future world champion, Chicago Bulls, who won a game last night. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. And they are playing the Bucks tonight. So we'll see how that works out. Bucks on the road, but somehow... I have a good feeling about it. Um, We'll get to that. All right. So, Phil, I want to talk about the White Sox for a minute. You know, our favorite topic. I want to lead off with that, even though, you know, probably we should lead off with March Madness, but I just can't. And you know how I am. You know how I'm pretty positive and, you know, generally I'm fairly optimistic and I try to at least look at things positively. I was the guy who was arguing that Mitch Trubisky after 2018 was no worse than the ninth or 10th best quarterback in the NFL. I was, you know, I I have all these positive things that I say until I'm proven wrong, but I'm going to go a little bit negative here about the White Sox right now. So when the White Sox got eliminated in four games in the first round of the playoffs against Houston, which was very disappointing as I'm sure we all remember when they when you know after the season was over all we talked about was the improvements that they needed to make what were these improvements we needed a right fielder you know we needed like a legitimate right fielder who was a power bat who could play the outfield we clearly needed a second baseman after getting rid of Nick Madrigal at the deadline for the great Craig Kimbrell and then having that Cesar Hernandez, who was a total bust, and then having to go with uh, legend Lurie Garcia, we needed a second baseman. We know 
that Yasmani Grandal struggles to actually catch the baseball. So we knew we needed a backup catcher and we needed to either re-sign Carlos Rodon, who's now of the San Francisco Giants, or get a legit replacement. And then the last thing we needed to do was get rid of Craig Kimbrell. So Phil, I have some questions for you. Did we get a new power bat right fielder? Uh, We did that. So I was going to say, did we get all the things you mentioned? I believe we've accomplished none of them. Correct. Did we get a second baseman? No, we got an old guy named Josh Harrison who might be better than Larry Garcia, but chances are he very well, maybe not. Did we get a backup catcher, Phil? No, we certainly didn't get that. Did we re-sign Rodon? Uh, No. Did we get a, a really good starter? We got that guy, Vince Vasquez or Velasquez, you know, who looked good yesterday in spring training, but obviously he'll be hurt soon. So did we get a legit starter? Uh, no. Well, you know, well, you never know. You might have Kopech come around finally. Uh, if he... Yeah, well, we need to get it. We still need to get somebody else, <laughs> yeah. even if Kopech does come around. Do you, let me ask a question. Though. Do you trust Kopech? Not in the least bit, no. I, I don't know whether, okay, to, did whether we... to not trust his arm or not trust his head. I think both have uh, issues. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, did we get rid of Kirk Kimbrell? Uh, no, still have him. And as a result of Craig Kimbrell, who is getting paid $16 million for being the worst relief pitcher in baseball the second half of the year, are we now also broke? Now, you got to give the White Sox credit. They have the fifth highest payroll in Major League Baseball, so I give them credit. But do you think that $16 million would have come in really handy for another starting pitcher? Well, you know, they certainly, you know, on paper, they don't need another starter. Um, you know, I know we all assume um, these days that there will be inevitable injuries early and often. It certainly is what happened to the White Sox last year. Yeah, on paper, if the pitchers they have uh, miraculously all stay healthy and just perform to their ability, they predict that you know they could have a good pitching staff. But uh, the injury thing in Major League Baseball is starting to drive me crazy. These guys are getting injuries. But that's not going to happen. I never heard of. So that, you're right. Yeah, but that, but that's not, but that's not going to happen because. I would argue that their rotation is thinner than last year. Giolito, fine. Really good number one starter. Dylan Cease, by the way, if you go to your local sportsbook apps, you will find out, um, has the fourth best odds to win the Cy Young in the American League. So that's great. But after that, you know, we go to Lance Lynn, who was actually not very good at the end of the season last year. I realize he had a really good year. You know, he is durable, so I'm not dissing Lance Lynn. Then we have the well-trusted Kopech. Then we have the great Dallas Keuchel. Do you like Dallas Keuchel? Once again, if he st- if he doesn't get injured, it, you know, it's, what do you mean if he doesn't get injured? He was healthy as hell last year, and he had a five thirty-five ERA. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm not going down the path this early in the season, Steve. I'm not not going down that rabbit hole with you. I think the and then <laughs> and then we're going to need Vince Velasquez. Why don't you to, be whatever his name you, is? We're going to need him to pitch. Why well. don't you become a Yankee fan? not become a Yankee fan. The Yankees suck. By the way, our producer Bear is a Yankee fan, and he now thinks that somehow the Yankees are going to be good because they got old jackass Josh Donaldson. You know, They basically have one pitcher, maybe. The rest of their team is old. Um, if you take a look at that roster, too, that basically no one has come through the minor leagues um, with them except for Aaron Judge. And I think that Brian Cashman either needs to go or he needs to promote himself into a Kenny Williams-type job. So, Phil, now that we've gone over these White Sox issues, how are you feeling about this season? And I'm not talking about winning the division. Because quite frankly, if they cannot win 
the AL Central, then there's a serious problem there. Do you feel like they're going to beat these, you know, these AL East teams in the playoffs? I mean, do you feel like they can beat Houston in the playoffs? I mean, how are you feeling about this team? Because to me, it doesn't look like they're a lot better than last year. I mean, I guess, you know, we had Jimenez and Luis Robert out for the majority of the year this year, but you did have them in the playoffs, you know, I don't know. How do you how, how do you feel about the season? I I feel like they're going to be a good team, but I don't know that they've made, you know, I don't know if they've improved the team to get over the hump. Well, you know, you had two of their star players were out a good half the season last year, very early. So, you know, you get Roberts, you get these guys playing well. Uh, once again, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole this early in the year. I think the Sox will improve over last year. You know, you go back to Houston if you go back there again, how's Houston going to be? So if you're predicting the Sox might get injuries, Houston might get injuries also. The Sox might get better. Houston might get a little worse. I think the Sox are going to be a better team this year. I think, hands down, uh, they should win that division uh, without any problem. And going into playoffs, it's all about the pitching, as it always is. How are they doing come September? How's that rotation look? You know, what's this new divisional series? What are they going to look like when they were done with their collective bargaining? It's a whole new future for them this year, and uh, it's a whole new future for baseball in the playoffs. And uh, I think the Sox are going to have a better team. But once again, they got to got to keep that injury bug away. Well, I know the uh, that overrated cheating bum. Carlos Correa, you know, obviously Houston has lost him. Um, he is in Minnesota. But I will tell you, Houston has figured out a way to get to four consecutive ALCSs and a couple of World Series over the last four years losing guys. So I don't see any reason why they're going to be any worse. So I, what I hope doesn't happen with the White Sox, and yes, it's I, this is not the time of the year to be complaining but I hope that they do not waste the opportunity that they have right now with this core of really, really good players, because this is the time when, unfortunately, you have to spend money and add a guy or two to push you over the top. And they just have not done that. And who knows? Maybe something will happen. Clearly, they they misjudge the Kimbrel market, because if Kimbrel was tradable, he would already have been traded. The last thing they want is him on the roster. So I don't know. That's the White Sox. You know, we got opening day coming up quickly. We can complain about things in real life when that starts. We'll just have to see how it works out. So now we are going to pivot to talking a little March Madness. And for that discussion, and for a couple of discussions, we are going to bring in our old friend and previous guest, Trey Mack from Aladino Cigar. And by the way, Trey is a Kansas Jayhawk. I will be seeing his team on Friday night. I will be at the United Center. I am going to see the team that I pay for, the Miami Hurricanes play Iowa State. Um, so, Trey Mack, welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago. How are you feeling about the NCAA? Rock, Chalk Jayhawk. Appreciate the intro. Excellent. I don't know even what that means, but how are you feeling about um, about the Jayhawk chances here? Going feeling pretty good since Remy Martin got healthy. That That changed everything for us. Uh, you know, Remy Martin has changed a lot of things in my life, and this is just another aspect of that. Yeah, that's great. You sort of look like him. Oh, yeah. As well, it's uncanny. People yeah, can't see him. How have you felt about the tournament so far? I'm not a huge college basketball guy. I follow the tournament probably like most other Americans do. But I've figured out this year that I don't follow the NCAA tournament because I necessarily love the basketball. 
I just love the competition. The fact that you basically have five, six, seven one-game series every day, you know, when the tournament starts and now we're, you know, now we go to the Sweet 16, everything is elimination. You know, you get a great story like St. Peter's, a place that me and everyone else had to go look up where the hell it even was. I feel really good for that coach who's probably making about 80 grand and will probably be making about two and a half million next year. So um, good job to him. But how have you felt about this tournament maybe compared to uh, I think it's fun. I, I, I'm almost the opposite of you where uh, I w- I've been really big into NCAA basketball for the past, I don't know, 20 years. And... NBA, not so much. I didn't like this last era of basketball. And then it kind of switched. I'm really into the NBA now. I think we're about to reach a golden age of the NBA yet again. And college, especially with all the transfer rules and everything, it's just not what it used to be to me. Uh, And that makes it a lot harder to follow. uh, But that also makes the tournament, I think, more fun because it was was wide open from the get-go this year. It wasn't like, oh, this is the number one team and you know, good luck beating them. Like, no, it was wide open from, from the get go. And I think it's still absolutely wide open. And that makes the tournament fun. You know, I'll talk to you, Trey, since you've got some basketball knowledge, at least on the college level that Steve is sorely lacking. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. You know, I agree that the, these transfers, these uh, portal transfers and letting these players not have to sit out has made following your teams a little more difficult and who's on what teams. But I'll tell you what, the games this past Saturday and Sunday were probably some of the most exciting college basketball games I've ever seen. Some of these 8, 9, 10 seeds, I don't know how they got seeded that low because uh, they gave some of these higher seeds everything they could handle. That uh, that Gonzaga-Memphis game was uh, hands down could have been one of the most exciting college yeah. basketball games I've ever seen. Uh, Gonzaga. So, Zag. <laughs> is that the Zags or the Zags? Is it the Gonzaga or Gonzaga? Okay, I know that's <laughs> it's a pet peeve of yours, Steve. But no, some of these games have been just phenomenal. And, you know, can you relate it to the transfers? I don't know if it all goes to that, but uh, this uh, past weekend, especially the Saturday-Sunday games, uh, were just phenomenal matchups, phenomenal games. So, I, you know, I, let me get on to here. On to some of our matchups, and uh, Trey, will be interesting to see uh, what your thoughts are. I'll go down them real quick. And uh, maybe we can get a comment on each one, uh, starting with Purdue and St. Pete's. St. Pete's being the Cinderella story out of Jersey City, Jersey. I think St. Pete's, uh, they might as well start warming the bus up now. Uh, they've got about a two-hour drive back to Jersey City where they can watch the rest of the tournament uh, after that game because I think their uh, their Cinderella time is going to come to a match. Can you imagine I don't what think... the size difference is going to be right, on that I'm team? Just like, that. St. Peter's I... doesn't have a guy that's over 5'2". They will never <laughs> match up to Purdue's big men. It won't even be a, they won't even be a chance. So, you know, that's my prediction on that one. Uh, Iowa State, Miami. Steve, you're going to see that game. Uh, once again, you got a low seed in Iowa State. To me, that's a, uh, that's a coin toss. That's the story of that whole matchup. You know, Iowa State was two and twenty-two last year, two and twenty-two, yeah. and to go from that to a Sweet Sixteen team, uh, I will admit I didn't quite do my uh, normal deep depth research in Iowa State as to how many transfers they may have on that team. I gotta assume they may have had, uh, grabbed a few transfer students to have a team go from two and two and twenty-two to the Sweet Sixteen in one year, and with a brand new coach. This is a first-year coach for that team, so great job for Iowa State. I think. They keep talking about these Cinderella stories with, you know, St. Pete's and, you know, maybe Texas Tech. But I think uh, if Iowa State pulls this one off against Miami and gets to the Elite Eight, I think that's a great story. 
Uh, I think it's a terrible story. I want Miami to win. <laughs> well, it's because you spend a lot of money there. You've probably bought a pair of those shoes or a jersey by now. Hey, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I bought the tickets for that last night. My son asked me to go, and his birthday's coming up, and I didn't have a very you know, great present for him anyway, so I was like, fine. So I went and spent a lot of money on tickets for that, and I was shocked. I mean, that game cost me like probably more than you would – you know that that Friday night was more than like a second round NBA playoff game. Like I spent a lot of money on those tickets, and I don't even have great seats. I mean, I have good seats, but I don't even have great seats. And I will just tell you that I spent combined uh, certainly over a thousand dollars. So um, yeah, I was very I was very surprised. I mean, I'm I'm excited to go check it out though, just because the environment and the um, you know the competition and everything. I think it's just it's just fantastic. So who do you got in your uh, final four, Trey? Okay, I I have Kansas advancing, uh, and then I've got uh, Arizona, and then you know again like I do have Texas Tech, and I think that goes back to defense. They play better defense than anybody. They can make a game ugly in a heartbeat, and they can win it no problem. I've seen it over and over this year. Um, yeah, I've got that in my notes. I think I think Duke's going to have all they can handle against their defense. It's going to be Texas a- Tech's defense is going to wreak havoc on that. And you know what, um, you know, to cut the whole thing, uh, I, I probably don't have time to go through all the rest of what I, uh, notes I had for all these games, but for fans and even casual fans, I'll give you two players to watch. After watching them last weekend, that are just special players, I don't know what they're going to be in the pros, whatever, but at this college level, is uh, watch this guard for uh, Villanova, Colin Gillespie, mm-hmm. a special, special type of player. Um, I think he's going to give Michigan all they can handle because Michigan's got a couple freshmen and a sophomore that could get the pressure could get to him. Uh, Villanova's got a, a veteran team, but watch that guard, Colin Gillespie, and the other player that uh, I think he's the center for the Zags. This Drew Timmy, um, you talk about a kid that plays with heart, seems to know the game, has a nose for the game, knows where to be on rebounds. No, his shot is just uncanny. Uh, watch that Drew Timmy if you haven't followed him. Keep an eye on him this weekend. Uh, he's a special player to watch. He is good. I think the other team is UCLA. Problem with them is they haven't played their best ball in a while. When they play their best ball, UCLA is really, really good, but they haven't done it in a while. Well, you know, North Carolina has, you know, in their standards, had kind of a down season, but their last game of the year, their last conference game, they played Duke at Duke, and uh, they put they put a beat down on them. And, I, you know, good. maybe it could have been they – they wanted to give Coach K a loss in his last game at home. Uh, that's a that's a pretty intense rivalry down there. Uh, but they look did not look like they had most of the year. I follow a lot of their games. Uh, so if North Carolina shows up uh, like they did in Durham a couple weeks ago, uh, they could give UCLA all they could handle. 100% true. It's fun. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit of cigars. Trey Mack, tell us about Aladino Cigars. How's business going? You know, what are you selling? What's going on out there in the cigar business? Business is good. Again, if you're not familiar with Aladino, we were Camacho for several years, sold the name to Davidoff, and had a, you know, we had a long period of time where we had to sit out in a non compete. Relaunched as Aladino, so it looks like a new company, but it's not. Julio's been growing uh, tobacco since 1961 uh, in Honduras. And uh, we're just bringing that back. So in the last two years, we've tripled the size of our farm, which not many people can say because at a time when people are having a hard time putting out cigars for us, uh, we can grow to scale, no problem at all. I mean, Julio owns the whole valley, and we just tripled the size. Like I said, we tripled the size of our farm in two years. 
and then just recently, I got, I got a ton of phone calls today. Uh, Aficionado did, uh, they did a ranking or a ratings of uh, A-size cigars, which to my knowledge, they haven't done for a very, very long time, if ever. And we got a 93, only the Opus. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Opus A got a 94, but that was the only person in our stratosphere. And I got a lot of phone calls. So our A-size, which is called the Patton, uh, just blew up over the last, like, 72 hours. What are the things that you hear out there, like the cliches and the... You know, I've been thinking about this, and we've talked to some of our other guests about this recently, but just... What are some of the things that you hear about cigars that maybe people complain about? You know, do you have any, does anything come to mind? You hear all sorts of things <laughs> for one. Uh, but the one that uh, comes up first in my mind that I hear over and over again is, you know, I used to like whatever cigar and it's just not the same as it used to be. And, and I've gone away from it. I'm like, well, you know, I, I could set up a, you know, is it A, B, C, or D, and have D be all the above, and most likely it's a combination of all the above. I mean, one, you're dealing with an agricultural handmade product. So you're going to have differences year to year. Anybody that's been involved in agriculture knows that. Uh, I mean, I'm one. I used to be a farmer. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, your crop is so different year to year. So just being able to be consistent year to year with your crops, with your blends, that's insanely hard to do in the first place. So if you're a company that's buying tobacco and blending it yourself, you're banking on whoever's growing it for you to do a really good job of being consistent. And that's, that's tough in its own right. Uh, there's only a handful of us out there that grow everything seed to shelf that helps, but it's still very difficult to make something taste consistently the same year to year. That's problem one. Uh, problem two, again, along with that, you're going to have, um, all sorts of environmental factors that do change the crops, or you could lose a crop. And then you're dealing with, okay, well, we got to go back to this stuff that's two and three years old, which again, the flavor might be the same, but the profile is going to change a little bit because the strength changes with age. So that alters a cigar year to year. And then I think what we all don't think about, because we always want to put the blame on somebody else, is our own selves. I, 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 I mean... I yeah maybe it's bullshit exactly right I mean it, it's bullshit or, or it could not be bullshit too like I think of myself like I've hated broccoli sprouts my whole life and then two years ago I don't know what happened <laughs> I love broccoli sprouts I don't know what happened I absolutely hate ketchup that's profound I do okay seriously I absolutely hate broccoli sprouts and now I eat them all the time I hate ketchup but because I know my taste buds change. I try a variety of ketchups every year just to make sure I still think it's the worst thing on earth. And it hasn't changed, but I still give it a shot because I know like my own palate has changed over the years. And a lot of times, like, instead of putting the blame on somebody else, like maybe look at your own palate. Has your own palate evolved over the last couple of years? Um, look at it that way. I mean, when you put the combination down, it's probably D, all of the above, made that cigar not what it used to be to you. I mean, and, and, but nobody, nobody ever looks at it that way, but did I just hear you say you don't like ketchup and also you try a variety of different ketchups every year to make sure hundred that, that, that makes absolutely no sense. I've never heard any human being ever say that That is because I always run into people that are like, I'm like, no, I hate ketchup. Take it off. I don't want anything to do with it. It's just red sugar. I hate it. 
And then my friends will be like, well, this ketchup is so different than blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll try it. Like, I'm not against trying it. And then still to this day, like, I have not had one where I'm like, oh, that's delicious. No. I have never in my life um, tasted a difference between one ketchup and the next, but it might also be because I don't care. All right. So, you know what? That's enough cigars for tonight. Let's talk about the NFL a little bit. You know, the NFL, first of all, once again, proving that it's the sport with the shortest season, but yet it's got the most interest 12 months of the year. The way they spread this stuff out and have all this stuff going on, and this year has been unparalleled. So let's talk first of all. So I want to talk about quarterbacks and who's moved and who's moving and how they're going to do in the new place, and we'll run through them. But let's start out with clearly what is the biggest move that's happened in the NFL this offseason, and it just happened this week. The Chicago Bears today worked out former Northwestern star Marcus Simeon and are considering signing him to a practice squad deal. Please no. That is pretty exciting. Phil, how do you feel about getting Marcus Simeon as your third quarterback after Nick Foles? (laughs) Don't answer that. I'm just kidding. Don't answer that. Don't answer that. that. I won't. Don't answer that. Um, I'm probably the only one that even knows that. But, you know. All right, so. Go ahead. Deshaun Watson. Clearly good quarterback. Um, He's also clearly good at getting civil litigation filed against him. But here's what my take is. In a quarterback-driven league, completely quarterback-driven league, which is why they gave up three firsts, a second, and a fifth for this guy, and then paid him $230 million guaranteed with some massive like $40 million chunk on signing day. Um, But but here's here's the thing. How do you market Deshaun Watson? I guess that's my point. If you're the Cleveland Browns and he's the face of your franchise, period, he's the face of your franchise. And let's also not kid ourselves. Baker Mayfield, although he became a little bitchy last year, he was the face of their franchise, even though he wasn't a top 10 quarterback in the NFL at any time. And I agree that he had a worse year last year. Maybe he was hurt, whatever. I'm not not defending Baker Mayfield. We'll get to him in a minute. But... How do you make that guy? How do you market Deshaun Watson? That's my question. Well, let's look I mean, at, let's look at it this way, Steve. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, for when you compare talent level to exposure, I'd love to know whether it was his agent or whether it was the Cleveland yeah. Browns front office. But I've never seen a guy get that much exposure commercially for uh, related to his talent level. So you know, maybe Cleveland's got some uh, magic people in their front office that can uh, polish that guy up. I have no idea what they're going to do. I I have no idea how they're going to market this guy. Isn't it a crazy world where Deshaun Watson is more wanted than Baker Mayfield right now? We don't even know if Deshaun's going to be able to play this year. Nobody wants Baker. And it's, it's, and like, I'm not a Baker fan at all. Never have been a big 12 guy. Didn't like Baker in college, but that said, you got one guy that may not play and he's got the most guaranteed money in NFL history. You got another guy that played through like a litany of major nasty injuries last year and still went out there and did what he could. Yeah, but he's clearly a jackass. Oh, he's a jackass. jackass. And now you're hearing about it as well. I mean, he is a jackass. They didn't want him. That I mean, they were gonna they were gonna get rid of him, you know, even if they didn't get Watson, I, I believe at this point. You know, he obviously he has to be traded and they said no. But Here's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Watson doesn't get suspended at all this year because he would since there are no criminal charges, I think at this point 
you just have to wait and see how all these the all these civil suits play out. And by the way, I would let them play in the meantime. You know what I mean? Why would yeah. you suspend them first? I wouldn't suspend them too soon. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It, you know, it's funny. I saw a really funny tweet this week. Josh Gordon, I got suspended for weed for six years. <laughs> Deshaun Watson, you know, $230 million guaranteed. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. There's nothing. It's not the NFL's fault, and it's not really Roger Goodell's fault. And yes, I think that Deshaun Watson is, is a bad guy, although I think we're going to have to let the rest of the evidence sort of play out, see what happens or whatever. But I mean, it's a pretty bad look that the highest paid guy in the league and the most guaranteed money ever in the league um, goes to a guy with 22 civil cases for sexual assault. I mean, that's just nuts. It's crazy. So let's talk about some of these other quarterbacks. You know what move I really like, and everyone's making fun of me for it? I actually like this Matt Ryan to the Colts thing. I think that's a really good fit. And I realize that, you know, Matt Ryan has declined a little bit the last couple of years. I mean, he, you know, he's on a fairly bad team. Um, you know, the guy has gotten to a Super Bowl in the past. And I sort of wonder, could he be the poor man's Matt Stafford, maybe not even poor. You know, I think the Colts have a really good roster. You know, their defense is going to be a lot different this year because um, Eberflus, you know, the Bears coach, took his assistance and they they lost a couple of people. And they're actually going to be running a new scheme because they had a really good defense last year. And, you know, they probably need another weapon. They probably need another wide receiver. But I think they're a pretty good team. And I think Matt Ryan is going to do really well there. And clearly, he wanted to go there. So, I mean, what do you think about that, Trey? I, honestly, best move of the offseason as far as quarterbacks go. I, I absolutely love the fit there. Their biggest hole was quarterback. And they just needed a competent CEO type to like get them in line and get on the field and, and execute. And Matt Ryan's the guy that will do that 100%. The problem is, like, I think it's huge for the team. I think they'll do much better. They'll definitely be a playoff team. But the AFC has turned into such a gauntlet oh my God. that it may not even matter. It may not matter. Well, that's the thing that you have to keep in mind is that last year, before they didn't make the playoffs, I had the Colts as my sort of sleeper Super Bowl team. But you look at the AFC now, and – you know, let's talk about the AFC West a little bit. First of all, uh, what do you think about uh, Marcus Mariota to the Falcons? Just kidding. We're not talking about it. I don't <laughs> care. But anyway, so, you know, so Russell Wilson goes to Denver and he very well may, I mean, they may be in last place and they're actually a pretty good team. He may turn out, there's a good chance he could turn out to be the worst quarterback in that division. He he could. They, they may not, Russell Wilson. they could not make the playoffs. I mean, and he upgrades the team. No, I would say it's almost likely they don't make the I playoffs. Know. They're not going to have all four teams in that in that division make the playoffs. And who who in that division is not making the playoffs? I mean, the Raiders signed um, you know, Adam. signed Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't know how the you know the coaching situation is going to look, um, but I think there's a good chance that it's going to look pretty good. The Chargers, you know, got Khalil Mack and probably were a playoff team last year, except for that freaky thing. And then you've got that other crappy team. What are they called? Oh, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Who, by the way, when the Bears picked up Byron Pringle. Were you excited? um, 
Well, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I, I thought Byron Pringle, he's fine as like a third receiver. I mean, I think you would agree with that too. He's fine. You know, and he also, he can return kicks and punts if you need him. He's fine. But I, but my point was, is that when they let him go, I finally thought to myself, oh, well, I guess they're going to have to start downsizing now. They can't afford, you know, they can't even afford Byron Pringle. And then they go out the next day and sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and that's a substantial upgrade because, Byron Pringle is no better than a third receiver. And Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe he didn't have a great year last year, but he's probably no worse than a second receiver. So um, they're going to have some weapons. And it's just amazing. And I know we're talking about quarterbacks, but the NFL has just turned into this three premium position league. Quarterback, wide receiver, and edge rusher. I mean, that's it. Yep. You either have them or you don't. But, but, and that's what you got to have. And then you look at that AFC West and you see what the stra- – all four teams have the same strategy. They have to be able to rush the passer with four because you can't, you can't blitz any of those guys unless you want to get torched. Yep. It's, it's going to be wild. So, Phil, what do you think about uh, Mitch Trubisky to Pittsburgh? You know, he, he had to land somewhere. Once that quarterback they had decided to retire, you know, they had a glaring vacancy there and uh, a fairly uh, mediocre team. Uh, Trubisky could get a good restart to his career there. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of him. Uh, I think at the NFL level, I think he met his match. And I don't care what team he's on, I think he met his match. The Bears better hope he met his match. And that uh, their guy can do a little bit better because that's going to look awful embarrassing if Trubisky has a uh, you know above average season uh, for his career. But I wish the guy well. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, I, you know, I hope he has you know a good rest of his career, and I hope maybe he lasts a little while there. So I wish Mitch Trubisky the best as well. He, um, he'll be an upgrade from Roethlisberger, who was not in any way good last year, and I think Trubisky you know, if put in the right situation can be, at, you know, I think he can at least be an average quarterback in the NFL. But I have a question for you, Trey. Who will have a better year next year, Justin Fields or Mitch Trubisky? Think about that. Justin Fields. Yeah, but it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed, really Like, it. but the talent is there. We'll see what the new coaching staff has in mind. But I, I think Justin Fields is a great quarterback. I mean, I think Nagy kind of screwed him up pretty bad. Um, so I'm not out on Justin Fields at all. You know, you're a Chiefs fan, right? Yeah, huge. Isn't it? Isn't it true that um, Matt Nagy is one heart attack away from being the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs? Is that fair to say? Okay, so I currently I would have to say yes. Um, our biggest loss this offseason was Kafka. Kafka was always. Yeah. Went to the Giants, quarterback coach. Now he's offensive coordinator with the New York Giants. He was a coveted guy, and I wanted him as the Bears guy. And actually, by the way, another former Northwestern quarterback and good friend of Marcus Simeon. That's all you need to know about Kafka. <laughs> I wasn't even prepped for this. All right, go ahead. Kafka is a, a genius. I love the guy, and I, I go to spring training every year, and when you actually, like, you're 10 feet away from the coach, you get to hear everything. And Kafka is freaking awesome. And that he was always supposed to be the heir apparent, and maybe he'll still come back at some point in time, but – when Kafka left, I think it was pretty apparent that we got to get one of Andy's boys back, and Nagy was perfect. Um, so I'm glad Nagy's back with us because the whole enemy thing is kind of rocky uh, between Mahomes uh, anyway. And so, uh, Steve, I got Steve, I got a question for you, quarterback wise. You ready? Yeah. So we've got jobs for the following: for Wilson, for Watson, for Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz. 
found a home. Drew Locke, Trubisky. Uh, Marietta found a home. And Winston, we're missing one guy. Where is Garoppolo going? So those are the guys. So here's the three guys that we have to talk about, which is Baker Mayfield, Garoppolo, and Jordan Love, a guy that everybody forgets. And then, of course, another f- probably future Pro Bowler this year, Andy Dalton. Where is Garoppolo going? Garoppolo just had shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder and, you know, has a history of being hurt. And I don't even know if he's going to be ready for training camp. And if you look at the jobs that are still open, Seattle, Carolina, and then I guess like the Texans, but I think they like Davis Mills. So probably not. And he actually was he was actually good last year. He's better than most of the rookie quarterbacks. Yep. No one seems to know who he is, but that's true. So I don't know where Garoppolo is going to go because I have this feeling, and I'd be curious as to what you think about this, Trey and Phil, but I have this feeling that Baker Mayfield is going to Seattle. I don't know why, but I just think he is. He, he might. It gets him a long way away from Cleveland, that's for sure. Uh, Seattle's got to start over with something, but uh, yeah, he might very well end up there. I mean, and then Garoppolo, I guess, is going to have to go to Carolina. What other – I mean, where else would there be for him to go? What if he just stays home? Why would he – what if he stays home? You're not going to get anything for him. Well – You're not going to get anything for him, and he's not going to be ready for the season, so Trey Lance can take over. You've got a competent backup. Well, look, he, he's not. Well, well, here's the thing. So he's not going back to San Francisco because if they can't deal him, um, they'll have to cut him before June first. So that they, I mean, they that have we know. to. I don't know if What's they that? have to. I don't know if they have. Yeah, they to. have to. He they they have to because he's because he's a twenty five million dollar cap hit, um, and if they cut him before June first, they can save all of it. He is not going to be on that team. But if there's no nothing way. else out there that they need, and I think isn't San Francisco decently under the cap? They gave up three first round picks for for you know Trey Lance. They got to let him play. I, well, I think Trey Lance is definitely going to play because I don't think Garoppolo is going to be ready, and that's another reason I don't think anybody's going to trade for him either. I mean, you have you have shoulder shoulder surgery on your throwing arm. We saw what that did to Cam Newton. Yeah, I understand. And I just I don't see anybody taking a shot on him. I just don't. All right, and then um, then the other one is that I know that no one cares, but Jordan Love will he has to be traded because he's unless he's going to go his entire career without playing. So he, it's just going to be highest bidder probably on draft night. Um, you know, and and hopefully, I think you you know, you hopefully you get a get a third for him. Maybe you know, get a conditional second or something. And if and I'll tell you the place where he should go. Um, and I don't know if Green Bay would want to trade him in the division, but the perfect place for Jordan Love to go is Detroit. They should trade him to Detroit. Hmm. They have draft capital, and then you know you're going to put um, you know Goff in there for the first three or four games, and then he'll be Jared Goff as usual thing. And then when they're zero and four, then you'll be like, hey, why not just throw uh, you know just throw Jordan Love in there and see if he can play. And you know that's going to be the only place he's going to get an opportunity to play. But he's definitely getting getting traded. He's he's got to be the scenario. I'll throw to you is uh, especially with. The way Malik Willis is getting this like momentum going, I'm not the biggest fan of Malik Willis. I think he's a little erratic, but I mean he's got a lot of talent. I think he's a guy that needs to sit. In fact, I think all these quarterbacks this year in the draft need to sit, yeah. and maybe next year too. It's it's not the best class next year either. Um, we have been spoiled, but if you're Carolina, 
especially if a guy like Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett is going to get drafted ahead of you unless you trade up for them, and even those guys aren't ready, then why not trade for Love and then let him duke it out with Sam Darnold? But, I mean, why not bring in Love in that situation? He's going to be more ready than any of these rookies that you draft, and you're probably going to miss out on him anyway. That's what I would do. You're kind of in a bad spot if you're the Panthers. Phil, where do you think the Garoppolo's gone? I kind of agree with what Trey was saying. He might just stay as a backup at San Francisco. Uh, no, he's not I, I just, uh, How do you take a quarterback that's having surgery on his throwing shoulder? How do you even take well, you, a you, chance you cut on him? How's anything? Right, then they cut him. Then I don't know where he's going. There has never been a $25 million backup except for maybe Eli Manning for half a season or something. But there has never been a $25 million backup. You know, the one other move, and I know it's not a big deal, but I just thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting that the Dolphins signed Teddy Bridgewater because it seems to me what they said to him is, hey, so we think two is our starting quarterback, but if he's no good by week four, then you're going to be our starting quarterback. It's dude, it's 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 absolutely crazy. This whole quarterback carousel is insane, but it's so fun. Oh my god, it's the most fun thing ever. And now that we know that we got Marcus Simeon, that just sort of, you know, finishes it off. Let's talk about the Bulls for one minute. So Phil, unfortunately, the Bulls who I'm watching out of my left eye right now are down in Milwaukee 52 to 33 in the second quarter. Um, so they're down by 19. So that means that they should probably lose by about 60 tonight. They did beat Toronto last night. Toronto was on the second night of a road back to back. So I'm not sure what you can say about that. We also found out this week that it would appear about 99% certain that Lonzo Ball is done for the year. Unfortunately, um, you know, you take a look at the schedule and, you know, I hope they can win three or four more games. Um, but I think our championship hopes have been dashed. You know, one never knows what may happen in the playoffs. Hopefully the Bulls will be in it, but kind of disappointed. Any thoughts on the Bulls, Phil? Well, my thoughts, I think I've repeated them a number of times with you. Um, I never drank the amount of Kool-Aid you drank earlier this fall before the Bulls season started. And the injuries certainly haven't helped them, so I'll give you that. Uh, I've never placed a NBA wager in my life, believe it or not. If I was to make my first NBA wager, it would have been tonight. I would have taken the Milwaukee Bucks over to Bulls for the mortgage uh, tonight. I think they're ready to make a statement and maybe show the Bulls what it's going to be like in the playoffs. So the Bulls, uh, once again, we discussed it the last few weeks. Uh, you know, you're convinced they're going to make the playoffs. They're certainly uh, making it look uh, iffy, but they should be a lottery team. But I think the Bulls, uh, it's time to regroup for next year almost. It's, uh, it doesn't look good for them for the re- remainder of this season. Meaning a lottery, meaning a play, playing, playing team. team. Right, well, I said lottery, be, right, playing yeah. team. I think they'll be able to to still stay above six, but I agree that that is very much in danger. I don't in any way think that that's an insane analysis by saying that they're going to fall into the, the plan situation. All right, guys. Well, um, that is going to bring us to the conclusion of Cigars and Sports Chicago episode 17. Um, Trey Mack from Aladino Cigars, thank you very much for being with us. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how might they do that on social media? Uh, dude, number one, I appreciate you guys bringing me back on the show. It's always fun. Uh, the best way to hit me up is on Instagram. It's TMAC Aladino Cigars. Um, hit me up there. I'll answer anybody's questions. 
And Phil, excellent job by you tonight. We'll pay you a bonus. Um, so thank you for uh, thank you for doing your your duties tonight. All right, always great. See you next week. All right, thanks a lot, Bear, and uh, we will talk to everybody soon. That is Cigars and Sports Chicago, episode seventeen. BYE. Talk to you later. Bye. Sweet blossom, come on under the willow. We can have high times if you look back. We can discover the wonders of nature. Growing in the brushes down by the riverside.